Harvest is going through sessions and acts. We believe that it's important as developing Christians to seek understanding as to what it looked like to be the developing church in the time and place in which it began. Now, it is our prayer as a group, and also it is our prayer for you that the Lord would stir your heart and its affections to Jesus as he further reveals his truth and his purposes for you as we now listen to the proclamation of his word. one single individual is interested is the interest of the whole group it is to the entire body um, that we are to look and see what would best benefit harvest um, and so when we went into this time of acts and, and now that we are in this time searching through the book um, of acts and and what happens in the early formings of the church as well as the ministry that we see enacted in Jerusalem and Judea um, and then uh, the ends of the earth proceeding from that point with uh, the ministry of uh, Peter and John, ministry of Paul, and, and just seeing a lot of uh, dynamics of what it looked like to be um, the church, um, notably in the culture that it was in and forming at the time being, in the time being. Um, so uh, what, one, one really important thing, or a couple important things, and I, I got a little bit of work to do, but we'll get to it really soon, um, is the book of Acts has a much of what we would call both descriptive text and prescriptive text. Um, so uh, what would be, I would, what I would describe as descriptive texts is um, texts uh, of situations um, and parts in the Bible in which um, were documented um, that the Lord wanted to communicate to us and saying, this is something that I did. Um, and it meant something specifically for that time and place for me to do this thing, but it's not necessarily what we would call then prescriptive, which is do this always. Um, if you don't really um, believe that this would be de- that the Bible is descriptive, that everything should be taken literally, I would just point you to um, the backside of chapter one, uh, where they cast lots for the last remaining uh, apostleship thing. So um, next time we appoint a uh, small group leader, or if you want to choose your friends, um, I'll get you a pair of dice, complimentary of harvest, um, a small group, um, and then you can carry on your life uh, to what your knowledge is, is the full obedience to the gospel. Um, but some of our text is descriptive um, and some of it is prescriptive in saying there are real messages that are to be taken quite literally um, when uh, we look at them in the Bible. Um, you know, for, for instance, uh, when the, the disciples respond, when the people hearing the message of the gospel and the revelation of Christ, and I'm going to get this thing out of my way, um, unless you'd like me to just see me doing log jumps all the time and see my you know, body shake. Is that, is that, I'll get the thing back. I'll just get the thing back in the, no, it is good exercise. It's just, you know, and this is weird for you to say. I mean, it's bad enough. I already laid flat on the ground last time when my dad came in when I was trying to tell you guys about sex, but it, that was, that was already, that was already weird enough. I don't need to be doing, you know, some calisthenics trying to give you guys some of the, you know, the, the, the word. Um, but, but here's, here's the thing. There are prescriptive and there are descriptive texts. Now, some people sigh, holy saying, yeah, the Bible or the book of Acts is 100% just documented, just descriptive. Just saying that happened then and this is different now. And some people will sigh, holy on the prescriptive side saying, um, actually, um, everything that happens in Acts, and in fact, everything that happens in the Bible, we need to follow it to the T now, which is both sides to, to holy, um, to put, put allegiance to either side. It'd be really difficult. And what I think, um, we believe as Christians, um, I'm going to side with just what I believe, um, is that the book of Acts and the Bible, in fact, is both. And to, I argue 
um, either other viewpoint, I think you kind of dip into foolishness. Um, and so with that fact, knowing that the Bible is a beautiful array of what is descriptive, descriptive saying, this is what God did in this scenario. Um, and this is important. And the principles that we can apply from this descriptive text is important for us now. Um, but it is not necessarily let's cast lots for all of our leaders. Um, uh, th- that intermingled with prescriptive texts saying um, repent, be baptized, you know, love one another, right? Um, worship in spirit and in truth, talking about um, the coming of a, a new worshiper, coming of, of a new um, believer, a new follower um, of God, and that is now in Christ Jesus. Um, in this book, we're going to see signs and wonders, um, which are amazing. Um, Signs and wonders, miracles, um, healings, incredible, incredible um, demonstrations of how God's power and his love marry and show themselves vividly to people. Um, but they are not the point of the book. Um, they're, they're, you're going to see um, a lot of actions taken by the apostles from the f- beginning form of the church um, that are beautiful and courageous. Um, and they're not the point of the book. Um, there's cultural intermingling. Um, there's uh, Peter going to Cornelius's house. Um, and, and certain instances where we'll see um, so, some of this like racial reconciliation and this cultural um, reconciling that God wants to bring um, to those that are, are kind of set in their ways. But that is not the point of the message of Acts. Um, let, me, let me just... Uh, jump to this really quick with that in mind, knowing that Acts is a beautiful message with amazing text. I, I went over it. I tried to go over all of it. I, I did um, over this past week and try to really dig my heels into this text. Um, I would encourage like all of us to, to, to do the same just so week by week we can, you know, just get go full on with it. Everybody just going at it. Um, um, but it is it is something that's going to be unique. Um, as, as we visit, because we, when we're talking about Acts, uh, what's going to come up a lot is uh, what the church is and who, what, the, what Christ has made the church to be, um, what Christ has made his message to be, and what it looked like um, in a very, in a very, um, a, uh, very provocative context as the apostles living in an empire um, that didn't just disagree with, but resisted violently their message. Um, I mean, just think, it's going to be unique for the nature of harvest because, um, let's be frank, we are not an institution. Um, harvest isn't what's happening on Sunday mornings. Um, we wouldn't equate this to what's happening on Sunday mornings in America. Um, we're not an institution. Um, we have other places that we, say, we would say we have belonging to. Uh, some of us it's here, and some of us it's not. The nature of harvest doesn't, doesn't stick to an institution where you know, we're taking attendance every week and we're, and we're asking for your tithes. And that, that's, not, that's not harvest. Harvest is a space where young adults come, um, seek an, uh, questions boldly, um, as well as answers. Um, also, it is for, well, it is predominantly for relationship, for us to find out that, honestly, we're not alone. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, dog any, any ministry, any generation, um, but what I've heard from, and even people that are 60, 70 years old, they said, well, when I was a 20 something or when I was, you know, coming out of high school, I didn't really see a place for me either. You know, there was, 
um, adult ministries and small groups and young couples and older couples ministries. And then, and then there's youth group right over there for the um, middle, senior high, high schoolers. Um, and then there was this weird little gap. Um, and so this isn't anyone's fault. It's just kind of what has developed. Um, and there was this little air bubble right here that was college and career groups. People kind of fitting their groove as an independent individual um, in society. Now, I can only speak for the Western culture that we've all grown up in. Yeah. Um, and uh, saying that, that's been kind of a common space where people kind of get a little bit overlooked. Again, not a bias, not a matter of neglect. It's how it's happened, and that's, this is where we're at. Unfor unfortunately for us, um, that is not really... Um, I should, should phrase it more encouragingly. Um, I am incredibly encouraged. Right? Put the word in there. Isn't that fun? Um, so be encouraged. Um, I really can't say that about Buffalo. I, I see many spaces. I see many spaces. Um, and, and of course, there's going to be institutions and ministries um, that still find that gap a little bit because you're not sure really what to do with us. I don't really know what to do with myself half the time. Um, I don't know if anyone has that same problem. I am very eccentric and flamboyant and whatever. Um, but uh, same with everyone else. They look at a young adult that is, you know, has their, they still have their passion. They still got some of their youthful energy and some of their dreams and visions that they want to go after. Um, but then there's also, you see in there, there is sobriety. There's um, strong will. There's in, independent thought um, in there. And that's just a weird place to exist, right? We're kind of in a weird spot, which is awesome. It's great. Uh, but there is a little bit of a, it's, it's, just, it's just interesting, right, to be a young adult. Um, to be an individual that is starting to, and that hasn't already, but is starting to kind of take the reins of their, their life and, and where they fit. Um, and so Harvest isn't necessarily a whole church body. We come from wherever we were, um, you know, up until Wednesday evening, and, and we come and we meet together, and ideally during the summer and following events, we'll meet other times. I would like to go camping, honestly. Um, but uh, uh, along with that, um, along with that, we meet on Wednesday nights at 7:30. I didn't say we start at 7:30. We do meet at 7:30. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm copping out of my, you know, procrastination or kind of like lag in South American esque timing. Um, but uh, isn't that funny? That's funny. Ben, ben found it funny. Um, no, the, the, but the point of Harvest is to encourage young adults that exist somewhere else. It's a place where we can find others to be in relationship with, to be encouraged by, and to seek honest truth as we ask honest questions. Um, so the book of Acts is going to be a little bit interesting. I think, I think we, could, we could all agree. So what's, what it's going to look like really is we're going to see um, how the church um, forms. We're going to see um, what it looked like to do ministry. Um, in that day and age and what is descriptive and we can bring out principally um, as well as what will be both prescriptive saying do do this in this way um, and we will probably take that to another context which is awesome um, but uh, all to say this is the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is um, is always true and it's always good and it's always life-giving um, and because that and because of that we are um, absolutely going to dive in. Um, and starting from the beginning of the book, um, I know we opened up with a series at the beginning of the year um, with the gifts. Um, and that, that was awesome. I did enjoy it. At the same time, um, I think had we flip-flopped and had Acts go first and then the gifts, that might have been pretty cool. 
um, just as we could have, have some meat to saying, why did it even matter that God distributed the gifts? Why did it, why did it matter to the church? Uh, why does it matter to us now? Um, and, and seeing a very real, um, a real trying scenario um, that the church is in here. Um, but Acts is written by, um, well, I'll start with chapter, chapter one. It's written by Luke. Um, when Luke refers to a, um, the first book, he means literally the gospel of Luke. Um, talking about the the dealings of Jesus in his life and his ministry. So um, let's just read it together. Let's just read it. Um, I'm in the ESV, just to let you know. Um, and if you decide to go with a pagan version, it's all good. Um, we'll we'll interpret. No, no, nope. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know I love you. I would only um, admonish you in this way because I love you. Um, all right. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, verse one. In the first book, O Theophilus, Theophilus is beloved by God, um, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Um, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So then they had come together. They asked him, Lord, uh, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. And let me just tell you that this next verse really and I firmly believe this because I firmly believe it is our, it is the point to our ministry as a church. I think it's a point um, to the entire mission. Yeah, I, I think we would all agree this is, this is a mission statement of the book of Acts and really of the Christian body. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Stop. There are things that are very true um, about what we believe about this verse. There are things that are very true. I believe that it is the point of the mission of Christians, uh, of Christ followers, um, of disciples of God seeking to make disciples. However, I think there are things that are a little bit off kilter that caused divisions in, in um, the Christian faith before. Um, and I don't think it is really that much of an impending doom-esque um, subject to topple over, to, to, to touch on. Um, when um, Jesus speaks to the disciples as being his witnesses, but before that saying they will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon them, um, a lot of times uh, we can dip into um, certain aspects of the Holy Spirit that maybe some people are scared of. And some of the charismatic people are just, you know, licking their chops, just saying, look, get them, get them. I brought my old oil today. I brought my oil. We're ready to go. Let's get it. Where's the flags? Like, and we yeah, have these sides. And, and I, I don't think it's actually that much to ask to say that there can be absolutely a marriage of the two concepts and saying, actually, um, the Holy Spirit is really not something to be scared of. Um, I know that we can definitely live in a comfortable um, world of, you know, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Um, and when we, when we do that, you know, we can stick to the text and we can just kind of observe and, and, and be, um, 
calm and steady and, you know, uh, Sunday mornings don't have to rise above a certain decibel level um, and we can be comforted and we don't have to scare any people that are coming in. And, um, and at, on the other side, um, there's kind of the, the angsty like, well, we have to let it out. There's freedom in Christ. We don't want to be miserable. And, and, and it seems like these two, I, I've used this uh, analogy before, but it seems like these two divorced parents. You know, that like you go to one's house and they're like, they're kind of talking bad about the other one. Just kind of like, you know, you got the, you got the um, liturgical father, son, holy Bible. Dad over here just saying like, what's up with your mom? I mean, does she always make decisions based on her emotions? I mean, g- give her this book. She'll love this book that I, that I just found. Um, but, but, but really, I just, she needs to have some substance. She has some reason behind her, her argument, right? And then you go over to the mom's house and just like, why is your dad just mad all the time? I mean, it looks like he's always trying to start a fight. You know, sometimes it's just got to let loose a little bit. You know, it's just hard to live a life like that of such, of such cynicism. Um, when I think in Christ's reality, those parents do not have to be separated. Um, in fact, there can be absolutely a beautiful mingling of the word of God and the wonders of God. Of, of the spirit of God, right? Um, and the substance of God. His truth, his word, Right? The, the, the liturgical side of God, as well as the one that is wonder-working and powerful. Um, so how do we reconcile these two ideas of um, the Holy Spirit and really um, what it means to have him dwelling inside of us? Well, I think um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he, he uh, put it beautifully, I think, and, and this is probably the best um, image I, I, think, uh, I think of, because we're, we're looking at whether, um, you know, when Jesus speaks of receiving power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, um, as well as being dressed or clothed in power from on high, um, that Luke talks about in, in Luke 24, um, also talking about Jesus' ascension, is he talking about the same thing? Um, saying clothed in power from on high and, and receiving power um, by the Holy Spirit or when he comes on you, are, are both referring to this, um, this mighty, wonder-working um, just, just crazy, all-out, loving, gushy, high-decibel-level um, response. And um, here's how I think we reconcile this. Um, a, we don't always, we don't always feel it. We're not always feeling it. We're not always like, ah, I just love you, Jesus, and just with my oil. Like, I just need to tell everyone your love. Like, we're not all feeling that all the time. We're not like here breaking out in song. Um, out of motivation of the Holy Spirit, because I know I do, and it's, trust me, it's, it doesn't sound immaculate either. But um, we're not always motivated to outwardly verbalize and attest to the love we have for God, right? But there are moments, there are moments um, where that can be the case, where it seems like everything inside of us is stirring, um, and whether we acknowledge that it is surely the Holy Spirit inside, of, uh, inside us or not, um, something's stirring in us and it is ready to respond. And we just think of this as uh, Martin Lord Jones, again, he, he, he makes an illustration like this. It's, we're, we're holding our father's hand. He's walking us um, down the street. You know, we're, we're taking a walk. Um, if a park is more picturesque for you, do a park. You're walking with your father, you're holding his hand. Um, and, and you feel safe, you feel secure, um, you feel like um, there's a purpose to where you're going, um, and it will always lead back home, um, and you will always be protected, and there will never be um, any doubt or question that your daddy's got you. Um, and, and I believe that this is a beautiful image 
um, of walking in the Spirit, um, of, of having Him inhabit you and wearing, uh, wearing Him always, being clothed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, saying, um, no matter where I go, no matter what uh, I'm doing, I know that the Lord is with me. I know that he is in me. I know that in him um, I am always protected. I am always secured. I am always um, being restored and, and ultimately into eternal life. Um, but then what he talks about is when we, when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit coming Upon us, when we talk about these moments, um, he describes it as you're, you're walking along, but suddenly he sweeps you up, um, and he grabs you, and he and he and he brings you close, and he kisses your neck, and he and he holds you out, and he's just, I'm so glad you're mine, and he and he pulls you back in for one more embrace, and he and he puts you back down on the sidewalk, and and that's stirring, and that in those moments of this of this, um, um, <laughs> oh man, uh, we won't touch on this tonight, but this um, this overwhelming. Um, engulfing of love and, and almost a, a um, bursting of fuses um, that is love. It, it just, it can't stay inside. So the response is um, a, a messy sometimes, but a, a loving, enthusiastic, genuine, um, um, j- just a, a grand verbalization. And, and it doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be um, noticeable. It, but there's an outpouring of, oh God, I can't believe you love me so much. I, 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 can't, I can't help but respond in some way um, because your response, even as I was in my sin, was to save me, was to love me, was to bring me in and walk me down this road. So there is a walking in the spirit. There's a constant steadiness saying, God's got me. I'm protected. There's a purpose. There's a reason. And at the same time, there are moments where, where God will sweep us up uh, and he will create a vivid, um, beautiful, comforting picture um, of just how, um, just how real, just how close his love is. Um, there's a, um, a lot of fitting and meshing together um, of all of um, maybe the, the backgrounds or the environments or the upbringings that we've um, found ourselves in and developing in. Um, the, there's a lot of different um, themes. There's a lot of different beliefs uh, that we can come up hearing um, around us. And not everyone has, not everyone has a perfect um, opinion. Not everyone has a perfect theology. Theology just meaning what we think about God. Um, and no one has a down pat, um, and therefore, neither do we. Um, but to have um, a steadiness, which is why, surprisingly enough, in the midst of all this um, chaos, of this cultural angst of, is it, is it red uh, Christianity? Is it blue Christianity? Is it red, brown, yellow, black, and white Christianity? Um, and all this just kind of like mingling up here, above that is, do we love and are we loved by God? Can we, can we understand um, just how far uh, the length of the cross went to save and make a way to salvage any and every creature God has created in his own, in his own image? And so as, as God um, speaks to them saying... Um, 
let's see. I want to. I want to make sure I'm getting there. Yeah, let's let's go back to verse four and then we'll read on. This is Jesus, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. He ordered them not to depart, but to stay, um, to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, "You heard me. You heard from me." <laughs> for John, I really wish he would have said that. That'd been cool because he's sassy like that, you know. But you heard from me. For John baptized. With water, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Uh, we're going to discuss that together. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, this is marching orders, when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from heaven, uh, taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go in? To heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, uh, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All those with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer as they waited. Prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. Oh, boy. The company of persons was in, a, uh, in all about 120. So he had about 120 that Sunday morning, guys. And said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in their ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their own language, Akeldama, that is field of blood. Great sermon opener. Amazing. Just spot on. Um, For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. Remember I talked about the casting lots thing? It wasn't all for not. Look, he is literally quoting a, a pr- prophecy from the Old Testament, from the former books, and which they pay allegiance to. And he said, n- not only did it prophesy about Judas, it said, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. But there was also a prophecy of one to replace him. So this wasn't some random prompt. This wasn't some random, oh, we got to have somebody else now, right? 12's the magic number. We can't have 11. It's two ones. We can't have two ones together. Don't, there's no way they'll get along. Um, there's nothing su- spooky, superstitious about that. It's just Peter adds along with that, pro- uh, that prophecy, that, that foretelling, and let another take his office. And this is what they do. They don't just cast lots right then and there either. They, um, they say this in verse 21. So one of the men, again, he's speaking this. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, 
beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So it wasn't just anybody, not just casting lots of somebody. It's literally someone who was literally with Jesus for the exact same duration that every one of the other 11 apostles were with him. Just cool to note. And they put forward two. So selected from two of what could have been very, very, very many. Joseph, called Barsabas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in his ministry, an apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them. Oh, another thing. Um, some other versions do say, like, where Ju Judas went, um, where he belonged. I don't know if that's where, what some, somebody else says, but all the same. Um, and they cast lots for them. And a lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So, as much as there was knowledge of what scripture prompted, there was discernment as to who was to be selected and who was um, to be admired as one of the twelve apostles. Um, then there was faith and saying, Lord, we ask you, and this was in the middle of a prayer service anyways, Peter stands up and says something needs to be done, um, opens with a little bit of blood and guts to captivate the audience, then continues saying, what are we going to do? This chapter is um, provocative because I said before, it's interesting that Harvest would do this, but it's actually a message that's exactly um, for Harvest, for this is a church that was not yet formed. The people gathered, there was 120 you know, around that there praying all of them committing it says committing themselves to prayer all the men all the women Jesus' mama all of them committing themselves to prayer because Jesus said wait said don't depart from Jerusalem but wait and their response when they went to the upper room and their waiting was to pray as much as this is a descriptive um this is the happening that is not necessarily to the T, what we should always do in forming a church. We pray when we wait. I won't touch on that a whole lot. I am... Um, I am sure that... Um, and I, I kind of I'm just going to close with this. Um, so I want to talk a little bit because I, you know, we actually have done pretty good on time. Um, and I, you know, Brian used his handy dandy stand-up notebook uh, to make the questions that were on Facebook um, on the wall. They'll be up there. But it is for Harvest because we have not yet formed. Um, we, we don't yet know the fullness of what God's asked us to do. That is amazing. It's also scary as ever. But it's amazing. Because um, some of us, and, and I would dare to, and this is my biggest fear, and, and I, I don't think I'd be alone um, to say at least it is a fear of um, yours in some way. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want my life, I don't want to grow up and just have it said to me that I had a decent a fair paying job um, you know I had enough kids involved in soccer to where I could be a proud dad um, and my retirement um, my retirement funds were substantial enough to support me comfortably until I died I'd rather not, not that not be made back that scares the crap out of me and 
I don't think it is a completely different scenario for the rest of the people in this room. What I'm not saying is what looks mundane to the world cannot be extraordinary to God. The most powerful evangelist that I know is a dentist that works nine to five. Some of the most powerful things I've ever learned about preaching the gospel to others and reaching and gaining relationship with others and even learning theological powerful truths like um, absolute truth and how could we define right or wrong without God and things like this that became so clear to me and so inspiring to me came from my friend Andrew who is a dentist in New Zealand um, and he works nine to five and in lunch breaks he goes to um, the streets of Christ Church a city in New Zealand um, and puts a, puts a billboard up next to him and just ha whoever wants to come talk to him um, he, he talks to them. That's 30, 45 minutes out of the day. Some of his coworkers come with them. What looks mundane to the world um, could hardly be that um, to what God sees as powerful, powerful ministry. So what I don't mean is I don't ever want a nine to five job. I don't ever want to just have a, a blue collar, white collar, whatever collar, dog collar job. Like I don't, I don't want to have that. That's just, yeah, it's just, hope. I mean, where this world's going. Um, I don't want to make that like 40-year-old angsty white pastor comment like, well, who knows in 30 years, start baptizing cats. Um, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is underneath any, any standard to what you think society holds, to any job, to any position, to any marital status, um, God works way past that. And his intention and his plan and his will does not follow that guideline. Meaning, when you are within your daily schedule, okay, if this isn't you and you're actually an eight to four person, um, he works mightily wherever you step because you are the light of the world. Because it dwells inside of you, you are the salt of the earth. And the flavor and the joy and the texture of life lies within you that honestly those without the Lord, without the, their true creator, they don't have. And that is true. And wherever you go, wherever your feet tread, you have the ability to mightily influence wherever it is your feet have touched, wherever your mouth has uttered words, wherever your hands have touched. And this is important. What we do in Acts, what we see is God formulating a church. This is important for us because we are forming. Because we are learning. We are figuring out what it truly means to be a Christ follower, carrying the revelation that Christ um, is Lord. Um, and that it matters that we do things because Christ is Lord. Um, next week, I'll talk a little bit about um, why it is important um, that it is only by the Holy Spirit that we can say Christ is Lord. Um, that's huge because we're not just talking about the lips. Um, but that is for next week. Um, for this week, um, can we just uh, pray together? Um, and then while we pray, um, a really cool thing's going to happen. And, and, and Brian's going to, oh, shoot. No, you can't. You can't do that. Well, I didn't turn on the Mackies, but we could do that conference feel of like, 